Welcome, welcome all to the Pro Football Radio Podcast. This is your co-host, Jay Tima, with the pride and joy of Merrimack, New Hampshire, the Puma. What's up, man? What's up, brother? How you doing today, my friend? I'm doing good. It's great to be back. Another another week has passed, and you know the injury bug still plagues the Chargers, and you know the Jets are the Jets. We're gonna get to them in a minute. And hey, look at that! The Dolphins are actually kind of getting criticized for running the score up on somebody. What a time to be alive, Jay! What a time! I well, what do you mean though? I haven't seen nobody criticizing the, the Dolphins. Oh, you know, there's been like. This you know this one tweet coming out of like oh multiple spoke with multiple owners and they were kind of uh, bent out of shape about the uh, lack of sportsmanship and then you know Stop someone it. hit me up real? in the DMs about that oh yeah and it's wow. like dude like they actually were one trying to run their four minute offense and Denver just decided to make a bunch of business decisions and two Mike McDaniel just stuck it to the Broncos for the you know nonsense that sean uh sean payton was talking out of his ass uh, last year about how Tua was gonna get uh lose his job to teddy bridgewater like without even like an injury being a main cause and you know sticking it to the de- the broncos for vic fangio so good times yeah man that was an absolute insane performance i i am still stunned that we saw an nfl team put up 70 points on the nfl team like I haven't seen it in my lifetime. The last time it happened was like back 73 points back in what was it, 80s or 70s or whatever it was. The 60s. But 60s, yeah. It's been such a long time since somebody put up 70 freaking points on somebody. And and part of me thinks, you know, yes, I get it. The uh the, the Dolphins offense is great, but the other part of me thinks, like, what the hell are the Broncos doing, dude? Like, I feel like they kind of gave up on their coach. Um, and, and I don't know, man, I think, I think it's just, it's a bad sign all the way around for the, for the Broncos, but let's focus in on the, on the Dolphins here because they've got a big matchup against the, uh, the Buffalo Bills this upcoming week. Um, you know, both teams are, are hot. Both teams are vying for the AFC's contendership. You know, who do you got win this game, bro? You know, call me a homer, but I'm going to, I'm going to go with the Dolphins. I'm going to go with the Dolphins in this one. I mean, their, their offense is probably the best in the NFL at this point, I think we're like a game or two away from this offense getting like their own nickname and not being called like, you know, the, uh, the greatest show on turf light. But I mean, in reality, like this is going to be the ultimate litmus test, at least thus far in the season for the dolphins, where they're facing a, a defensive line, in the bills that, you know, made life a living hell for Sam Howell and the Washington commanders. They sacked him nine times. Like they, they forced a, what was it? Three or four interceptions, a fumble, I mean, they 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 were making life very uncomfortable for the Washington Commanders back there. But you know, when you look at the Bills' defense, a lot of their you know they've lived off of the turnover. They've generated eight turnovers over the last two games. The Dolphins aren't going to put the ball in harm's way here, and the Bills have also given up like a league worst almost six yards of carry to the running backs. And we saw what this running game from Miami can do. They're gonna they're gonna run it down their throat until you know Sean McDermott and the Bills' defense stops them. And on the other side of the football, is Vic Fangio going to, you know, make uh, Josh Allen impatient back there? Is he going to, are they going to make him take what the defense is giving him? Which since the Jets game, it kind of looks like he has, but this is going to be another big test for that Bills defense since the Jets game is what's Vic Fangio going to do? Are they going to dial up the pressure when needed? 
because the Vic Fangio defense, like, yeah, they'll give you the plays underneath, but once it gets down to the red zone, they're going to clamp down and make life difficult for you, and you might end up just leaving the red zone with three points. So I think this is going to be a close game. And by the way, this time uh, last year when the Dolphins faced the Bills in the regular season at uh, New Era Stadium or, or Bills Park, whatever it's called now, uh, they kept it within three points. So the the over-under is in the 50s, I believe. The spread right now is uh, is at three. This is one of my best bets. But I'm going to go with the Dolphins here. Uh, they can win outright, but I'm definitely taking the Dolphins plus three. I'm going to roll with the Bills here just because, you know, I truly believe that, you know, Miami is just far superior on offense. I believe that those guys are winning by 20 points on average, which is kind of ridiculous in the NFL. But the defense for the Buffalo Bills has really kind of rounded into form the last couple of games, right? They're making life a living hell for opposing quarterbacks. Generally speaking, they're in the top one, two, three in most defensive categories. And I think just, the Buffalo Bills are just a more well-balanced team over the over the Miami Dolphins, right? Um, their offense is generally speaking one, two, three in most categories. And now their defense is kind of backing that up as well. Now, the one question I want to ask you, Puma, is and obviously, you know, you watch the Miami Dolphins uh, on a very uh, regular basis. You know, like, how would you go about slowing down this offense like a lot of a lot of so far a lot of the the defenses that play the Miami Dolphins have had no answers whatsoever and a lot of this comes down to the fact that you know Mike McDaniel is so far ahead of the curve when it comes to game planning like you barely see the same play from him over and over again like it's just brand new plays all the time so if you had to guess like how would you go do you think uh, the ball the Buffalo Bills are going to go about trying to slow down this uh this defense this offense (laughs) A wing and a prayer. Um, <laughs> honestly, honestly, like it, it might come down to, but you know, I said it. The, you know, the first week when they faced the Chargers, it's like the Chargers kind of laid out a blueprint last year of just taking away the middle of the field and make Tua throw to the outside numbers, and that kind of had that had success last year. It's this year. It seems like he started to you know round into form on that. I mean, I guess if you really had to attack something, like I would, I would probably still say like make Tua throw outside the numbers and throw deep and see what happens because it's, you know, it's well known, like he doesn't have a howitzer for an arm, but it's good enough to get the ball down the field, but there are going to be the occasional throws where he has underthrown it. And that's going to give opportunities for Micah Hyde or, or, you know, Jordan Poyer or, or Tredavis White to make a, make a play on the ball and return it for an interception. So I think it's, it's going to come to that. And, you know, this, this offensive line, like this is going to be another big litmus test of, Hey, like Teron Armstead should play, um, but he's also been dinged up from time to time. So is this defensive line with Ed Oliver and, and Leonard Floyd going to be able to get after Tua and, and make it make it uncomfortable for him back there? Here's the way I see it. I think the Buffalo Bills got to do a good job of providing him a picture before snap and a different picture post snap. The one thing I've seen out of Tua so far is the fact that he gets the ball out within two seconds, 1.9 seconds to two seconds tells me immediately that like you he, he already knows what your defense is like nobody processes the ball that fast from snap 1.9 seconds getting the ball out that that generally means he already knows where he's going with the with the football so if i had to guess i think the buffalo bills come in with a plan to a provide him with a picture up front and then a completely different picture once they once the ball is snapped now obviously that's uh, that's easier said than done just because mike mcdaniel puts you in such precarious situations uh, as a defense where he'll get the answers out of you before. I mean, all his bunches, all his formations, all of his, you know, the way he moves people around pre-snap is is all done just to decipher all that information. He's And he's a genius at it so far. I mean, the guy is, 
the guy is reinventing. I, I think NFL offense is like right on the fly. Nobody's talking about it, in my opinion. Like this is the best offense I've seen since the 2007 Patriots. And it's mm-hmm. it basically reminds me of that. Right. And just remember last week they put up 70 on the Broncos and that's without Jalen Waddle. So yeah. Waddle should yeah. be back this week. Uh, you know, he, he looked pretty promising last week coming out of uh, the concussion protocol, but you know, nowadays, if, if you have a concussion during a game, like it's a given, like you're not playing that week. I fully expect him to play this week. So, you know, what is Sean McDermott going to do? Like, okay, we'll take away, you know, Tyreek Hill, but now you have Jalen Waddle screaming across the middle of the field. And, oh yeah, by the way, we have like the two fastest running backs and one of the fastest athletes in the, in the, in the NFL on our team. So yeah. good luck, but. Yeah, that should be, that should be a good game. Like that one o'clock window. I mean, they should somehow move that down to a Sunday football game, which obviously is totally reflects into those games. But I mean, I'm not looking forward to watching that Chiefs versus Jets game on Sunday football. <laughs> this fine. is this is this is my opinion is the marquee game of the of the week, the Dolphins versus the Bills. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh betting wise, do you have any uh Puma bets for this uh for this game or um just uh just Dolphins plus three. Um okay, cool. it's been going back and forth between two and a half and three. So like if you like the Dolphins, I would grab it at three because I think, you know, worst case, besides a loss, which I don't think it's going to happen, you know, there's probably a good chance that this ends on three and you just get a push and get your money back. If this goes to three and a half, like, I'm probably going to jump on that too. But if you like Buffalo, just wait until it gets down to two and a half. Okay, cool. All right, let's talk about my <laughs> New England <laughs> Patriots taking on the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, the Patriots are eking out a, a win in East Rutherford, New Jersey, over the lonely, hapless New York Jets. Um, and the Cowboys are coming off a loss to uh, Josh Dobbs and the Arizona Cardinals. Um, right off the bat, Puma, I've been formulating this take for a couple of days now. I, think, I can't wait. I think the Cowboys are secretly bad. I truly believe that, man. I, I think they're one of those teams where... You know, so far, the information we have off of three weeks is it says that they're a dominant football team. But the problem is they've played some really, really bad competition in those three weeks. And one of those teams they play bad competition against, they lost, right? So, you know, they start off the season with the Giants, 40-0, right off the bat. That was a train wreck, right? Second second week, you got Zach Wilson. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, that is what it is. And the second you played a somewhat interesting team, I'm not saying they're good, but the Arizona Cardinals, I think, are definitely better than the New York Jets. I, I think that's when you really start some of the deficiencies coming out of the of the Dallas Cowboys. I think the fact that you know they they refuse to really trust Dak Prescott in these key situations speaks volumes when it comes to how they view him as a as as the quarterback of that team. So call me crazy, call me Homer here, Puma, but I think the Patriots find a way to get in into you know Jerry World and pull out a victory. And I'm not saying it's gonna be a big shootout. If it's a shootout, then I think I think we're kind of toast there. But if you can muddy the game up, making a defensive rock fight and put Dak Prescott in those pressure pack situations where he's got to make those big throws to win the game that's when the turnovers happen. That's when he looks his worst, and that's where the Patriots can eke out a victory. So call me a homer, but let's go Patriots. If you were to say I have New England keeping it within the number, which is right now the spreads at seven, I could buy that. But to win on the road at Jerry World, like to me, that's that's a bridge too far. I think honestly – you know, yeah, you know, point taken with with your take. Like they they probably are, you know, potentially a bad football team because they played nobody and then they ran into a a, a frisky uh, Arizona Cardinals team last week. Um, but I also think maybe it was just a look ahead. They thought, all right, we're just going to roll the balls out there and 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 leave Arizona with the win. Which 
I don't know why you would do that because they've been in them being the Arizona Cardinals. They've been in games every, every time this season, uh, even when they melted, melted down against the New York giants. But um, I think this is going to be a exercise, the demons type of game. Like they're at home in Jerry world. Uh, that defense is embarrassed. They also, they're, you know, they're down uh, uh, Trayvon Diggs because of uh, his torn ACL last week in practice. So mm-hmm. he's not going to be there. So, I think this is going to be, like I said, exercising in the demons. You know, uh, Parsons should be able to have his way with this offensive line of the New England Patriots. Um, but the counter to that, though, is I think if the if the Pats are going to have a puncher's chance in this game, uh, they're going to have to take the the page out of the Arizona Cardinals playbook and just run the football down the uh, the Dallas Cowboys' throat. Because you know, for as well as great as the front four of the Dallas Cowboys is like, they are a little bit on the undersized uh, portion of, you know, how big these defensive linemen are compared to, you know, what the Cardinals did. And James Conner, I think he had like 130 total yards last week and they just ran the football down their throat. So this could be a heavy Ramondre Stevenson game, like betting wise, I might look at his like rushing props, but I have Dallas winning, but like, I do think new England can cover this game. So like, I'm not betting this game, the spread, but I do have Dallas winning at home. Over under on the amount of dirty plays Mac Jones is gonna, you know, do on the on the Dallas Cowboys. So if we're setting it a half, I'm gonna take the over. I think sure. I think he's I think he's gonna make the fatal mistake of like trying to play mind games with you know Parsons, and Parsons just gonna wear his have him wear his ass for a hat. What do you what do you make of uh, this Mac Jones as a dirty football player? Um, you know commentary like because now this is what four years in a row. I'm sorry, three years in a row where he's had some sort of dirty accusation. Whether it's Brian Burns, whether it was going at you know the Bengals players' knees last year, whether it was going foot foots up into somebody's groin, right? Like it seems like this is a recurring pattern for this player. You know, some people have dubbed him the uh, the Grayson Allen of football. What do you what do you make of this? I mean, an accusation is implying that there's no video to corroborate the claims. Mm-hmm. There is video. I saw him go cleats up on Monday Night Football last year against the Bears. And even I texted you being like, is he trying to, you know, make this dude sterile? Like, what? why are you going cleats <laughs> up on a quarterback slide? And then you see the alligator roll with Brian Burns. And then, um, you know, now you have like the, the cup check, like, you know, I don't know if this is like a half-ass attempt at playing mind games, which, you know, by the way, like you're doing that in a Jets game where like you particularly aren't lighting up the scoreboard. So like you, you have no reason to be talking shit at all or trying to do anything to get under the, oppo- the opposing player's skin. Like the, your defense is carrying your jock strap at MetLife Stadium, by the way. And if it wasn't for a busted coverage play, we're probably still playing in overtime in MetLife Stadium right now against <laughs> the Jets. But you haven't done anything, but yet you're like, now you are becoming like the Bill Romanowski, the, the Grayson Allen. I mean, I texted you this the other day, Jam. Like we, all he needs to do now is to just spit in somebody's face. And he now has done like the Holy Trinity of Bill Romanowski things, racial epithets, you know, aside, because that did happen with Bill Romanowski when I think he was with the Raiders with, uh, with somebody from the San Francisco 49ers back in the day. But you know, all these people, all these like Mac truthers coming out, they're like, oh, well, that really doesn't show anything. Listen, I have like my left eye twitching because of stress at work. And even I can see that he's trying to like cup check and like hit this dude below the belt. So like 
don't tell me that there's nothing there. Like you guys, in the words of you, Jay, the, the most ridiculous sycophants I've ever seen. <laughs> I feel a little I, bit I better feel, now. You feel good, man? You got that off your bit. chest? I feel better? Yes. I mean, at this point, man, uh, it's fairly obvious he's a dirty player. And if I'm him, I just lean into it. I go full, I go full dirty player, man. Just like every week coming out, just like hitting people in the groin, just like being as dirty as possible, you know, face mask, eye gouging, all that stuff. Just do it, bro. Right. The reputation, the reputation is already out there. Now you can't rein it in now. <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much. But like the other thing too, Jay, is I mean, like. There's no explosiveness on this offense. Like, there's none. Like, Devontae Parker ain't it. He, he captain soft tissue injury. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster is probably going to play his way out of a job within the next two weeks. Like, I, I, mean, I know I, mean, I said, I mean, like, I mean, hand the ball off to Ramondre Stevenson, but at some point they're going to have to throw the football through the air. Well, let me let me paint the picture for you here, right? This year so far, we're one and two. We've scored 52 points. Out of those 52 points, two of them have come off a of safety, so we've scored 50 points in offense, right? Last year, we're one and two, and we've scored 50 points through three weeks as well. So, I mean, the, the parts, in theory, have changed with Bill O'Brien being this savior of the offense coming in, but in reality, like, it's still the same output. Sure, the operation looks better where the plays come in more quickly, there's no crazy timeouts. Mac Jones is not losing his shit. There's no, you know, there's no uh, incompetency. The problem is the, the results are the exact same as last year. So I really, at this point, like, I don't know what else needs to be said, but it truly comes down to Mac Jones. Like, we are now three years into making excuses for this guy. Year one, you know, he was hit the rookie wall, right? Remember that bullshit? Mm -hmm. Year two, you can't blame him because he's got... Patricia and Joe Judge. Year three now, it's offensive line and there's no weapons around him, blah, blah, blah. The same things you just said. At some point, man, we've got to look at the common denominator and all this, and that's Mac Jones, right? Like, he is producing the same amount that he produced last year, even though in theory this year, he has better talent around him, which he does, and he has a better all-competent offensive coordinator around him. But the, the problems are still there. You, he can't pass the ball 10 yards down the field without it being completely inaccurately off the, off the course of the trajectory. Yep. Fun times. Fun times. There's not. I mean, like, I, I truly don't know when like people are gonna start opening their eyes to this. I really don't. I don't understand. Like, it's been three years and it's all the same crap year in a year out, bro. Don't worry. He's uh, what's what is it? He's comparable to Tua. Tua. Yeah, I mean, now and now it's funny because a lot of New Englanders are coming off that you know Mac Jones is comparable to Tua take because back in the day people were like Tua, Mac Jones, Joe Burrow. I see no difference. That, like that's what they would say. You know. <laughs> Remember year one where they were talking about how Mac Jones would be the next Joe Burrow? Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You saw, you saw Joe Burrow last night show way more heart on a on a leg and a half than Mac Jones has ever shown in his whole life. Remember that that high that that rolled ankle? You would have thought he got shot at Omaha Beach. Dude, oh, <laughs> be he's alive. just. I mean, like he's just. I mean, I don't know how to say this without sounding mean. He's just a bitch. Like I mean, like I I don't know how else to say this. I really don't. <laughs> Like, Mac Jones literally is just a bitch, bro. Like, a bratty tennis brat bitch. And, like, just one of those guys that everything's been fed to him his whole life. Like, he's just he's just a bitch. That's all I can say, man. Bitch, you know. <laughs> like, as, as a man, like, do you not do – you, do you find it weird that he decided to go to that – go to that tactic in that moment? You feel me? Like, a person you, – you put your hand up. Sauce Gardner said, "No, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna help you up. Right, fine, whatever." So you get up, you get face to face with him, essentially, and then you just hit him in the nuts. Like, 
like not even no, that, Jay. You hit him in the nuts. You get pushed down, away. and then you, you run, run to the sideline. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I just, I just, I, I just, I, I severely don't know how to. I'm trying my best not to be harsh here, right? <laughs> really, but, you're worried about being harsh. I live in like the tri-state area. Everybody has buried Zach Wilson. Everybody, except the Zach Wilson play. truthers. He can't play. I mean, he's technically he can't play, but we're not questioning if he's a bitch or not. You feel me? That this is a right. different accusation. Like this right. is well, I mean, he banged not, uh, he banged one of his mom's friends. So that, you know. that's a great move. Hell yeah, you know Zach saying, Wilson. Hey, I, hey yeah, that's God awesome, bless man. you, Zach. <laughs> At least you're getting a W off the field. Um, <laughs> nice. I wish uh, I was before I lose my shit. Oh, come on. The Baltimore now. Ravens coming off an overtime loss to the Colts versus the Cleveland Browns, who are rounding into shape. Uh, they are, they're coming off a win against the Tennessee Titans. Um, they're looking really good on defense. Their offense is looking better. Deshaun Watson, in my opinion, is starting to look like the old Deshaun Watson of Houston for one game, just one game. But, hey, don't worry. The Browns are coming. He's still let's a go. jag. Let's go, Brownies. He's still a jag. <laughs> I hope you would look good against literally the worst secondary in the NFL. I, I really do. The only thing that, that Titans did good up until last week was stopping the run. After that, it was just a turnstile at the cornerback position. So I hope you would have some sort of semblance of success with an aerial attack. Which, by the way, before we get to this game breakdown, can we talk about how, like, Stevie Wonder-esque blind. And I know it's not PC to say, but how blind the referee was on that Amari Cooper pass that would have been a yeah. touchdown. And I'm yeah. saying that as a guy that has Amari Cooper on his fantasy team. So having yeah. two touchdowns would have been fantastic. But yet somehow he was out of bounds when his foot was nowhere near the white line. Not yeah. one iota near one blade of grass that was out of bounds. These referees yeah. are out of control. But to get back to the point at hand, the Ravens and the Browns, the over-under is 40 and a half or 41, depending on what book you're looking at. And the spread is Cleveland minus two and a half. The Browns defense is legit. They, you know, Miles Garrett has a couple of 490 new yards in three games. And I think like only like there's only been two trips to the red zone on, on this, yeah. on this Browns defense. Yeah. But let's, let's take a recap of the quarterbacks that they, they that they face, shall we? They faced a a hobbled Joe Burrow with the the calf injury and, and no training camp. They faced Kenny Pickett, which good God, uh, I mean, he looked all right against the Raiders the other night for a drive. And then they went back <laughs> to the, the 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 Steelers that made me really contemplate the two unit play I did on uh, Steelers plus three. Yeah, real, real fun times. And then Ryan Tannehill, which. Granted, he held on the ball a little bit too long, but that offensive line did him no favors. So I think this is going to be like this defense, the the Browns defense, like real first, like litmus test of the season. And, you know, the, the Ravens are all banged up. It seems like every week they're they're leaving with a, a minimum of two people going on uh, on the injured list. Uh, Gus Edwards is probably going to miss this game for the Ravens running back uh, with a concussion. So the Ravens are turning the clock back with uh, Melvin Gordon being probably the lead running back with Justice Hill. And then, you know, expect Lamar to run it a, a handful of times as well, too. Um, all that being said, I kind of like Baltimore in this game. Let's go. Brownies. Just, just because like 
to me, like I, I still haven't seen anything from 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 Watson. Like if if yeah. if he can move the ball look, through the look, air against the Titans, man, come on, yeah, give him that, look, give him that. yeah, yeah, the worst secondary in the league. Like okay, yeah. like for all like the injuries that the Ravens have had thus far. I mean, the only reason why they lost that game was they got field goal kicked to death by a guy that was booting it from fifty five yards every time. So if you can move the ball through the air against like the Ravens secondary, like at this point, like, okay, fine. I will start. I will stop calling him a jag, but until that point, he's just a guy. So I'm going to take the Ravens. I don't know what it is. I'm not betting this game, but I'm taking the Ravens in this matchup. I don't know what it is. And I, I can't put my finger on it, Puma, but like, I want him to succeed. And I don't know why. Like, it, because every, I'll tell you why. Because you go the opposite direction. No, no, you I go don't. the no, Everyone knows, no, like, no, Deshaun no. Watson, Deshaun Watson is a freak. He's got, yeah. he's got a serious issue going yeah, on. Problems. And yeah, everybody's just piling it on. He's but a- to quote, like, Jerry Maguire, like the first couple of minutes of that movie where like Jerry Maguire's meeting one of his like client athletes at the jailhouse and he's there's like a bunch of cameras out there. It's like none of this changes the fact that he's an exceptional athlete. Like that, that is why you're going with Deshaun Watson to succeed. He's the I ultimate mean, heel. He's like the I, Vince McMahon of NFL. I, I think that's why I like want him to succeed so bad. Cause I know yes. he's, gone. he's a piece of shit human being. I mean, yes, listen, we get it. I mean, there's, there's too many accusations out there. I'm not even saying that all that, but I just, Something about me like wants him to succeed. I don't know what it yep. is. I don't know if it was the the over the top like piling on of him and this and that. But I, I think, listen, to be truthful, yes, I get it. The Tennessee Titans are not the best football team, and you know, ultimately, some of these numbers he threw up are a little inflated because because of how bad the Titans are. But you gotta admit, 27 33, 289 yards, two touchdowns, and he looked more in command. He looked like he had more confidence. He looked like he had some of that athleticism back where he would run out and make that big throw down the field. And I, I, I'm, I'm not saying he's back to his old Houston ways, but I just saw a glimpse of hope. I saw a little glimmer of hope against that performance against the Titans and that defense playing the way they are. I think the Baltimore Ravens are in for a long, long day. The other part of me really, you know, doesn't like Lamar Jackson. Like, it's, it's funny how it's funny how I'm Rooting you're giving me shade. It's like I'm yeah. saying he's he's a jag, and you're like, well, if Lamar, okay, all right, well, go Lamar's on. Lamar's a quitter, like straight up. Lamar's a Fair quitter enough. in my mind. The guy quit on his team last year. I'll never be able, never be able to get over that. And it's funny how like I'm somewhat like champion the guy that has like 21. Yeah, <laughs> of all things, team. like he but quits Lamar, on the team. Like, like, <laughs> this guy, just you know. <laughs> Something about so Lamar, I, just, I, I just can't get behind. And you're starting to see it now where, you know, week one, they had a pretty pass-first, like, dominant offense, right? Week two, that got shifted a little bit. It was more passing, and then obviously there's some running in there as well. Week three last week, I think they're starting to realize, yo, we can't we can't just throw the ball like this the way we want to throw the ball like this. Like, we're going to have to start putting some of these runs back in there and have a better balance of Lamar running and throwing the football. And you're starting to see a progression where they're like, they're starting to realize, all right, well, he's not able to throw a 60 times a a game. He's not, he's not Joe Burrow. Right. And we're trying to make him something he's not. So, you know, they, they, I think they played along with his feelings for a little bit about how they're going to be a pass first team and new offense coordinator, blah, blah, blah. But you're starting to see that, 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 that twist happen, that change happen. And going up against this defense is the wrong time to have that change happening because Miles Guard is coming, bro. He's coming. Yep. But uh, Baltimore's going to win. It's going to be close. Nope.
Let's go brownies. Let's go brownies. Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson coming back, Puma. He's coming back. He's going straight back to a Jag. That's what he's coming back to. (laughs) He's coming back to being a Jag. You want to know who else is a Jag? You want to know who else is actually, actually, Jay, a Jag is probably too much of a compliment for this guy. You know who that guy is? Zach Wilson? Yep. (laughs) Zach Wilson is not good enough to be a Jag. Yeah. So uh, the main event, the the primetime game that everybody's looking forward to, Sunday Night Football, Chiefs versus Jets. Click. Uh, we can both we can both agree the Chiefs are going to win, right? So let's just move past the game preview. Let's talk about Zach Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> Let me real quick, real quick from yeah, a betting yeah. angle. Like I'm not, I'm not like I might look at like just the the Chiefs team total, or maybe maybe just play the under on the Jets team total. I would love to see what it is because if it's like north of 14 like i don't even know what i would do i would probably bet the under on the jets team total and just see what happens but i'll, I'll tell you this much it'll, it'll probably be like a happy day in the house like you know my wife won't have to watch like 13 hours of football straight like yeah. it'll just be red zone and then like the one in the four o'clock games and then after that it's all right let's catch up on 90 day fiance or or anything that isn't football because one she hates taylor swift and oh, this is probably all, all they're going to talk about is Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift, the new power couple. And, you know, how is Jersey sales like went up like 400% since the game and all that nonsense. But to Zach Wilson, Jay, I thought, I thought like the Mac Jones truthers were bad. The, the people that are just dying on the Zach Wilson is not the problem hill is hilarious like a couple of times i'm like am, am i about to lose control of my truck well you know why right you know why it's they say that, right? because robert Sala is saying that like the the head coach is saying that so of course the fan base is going to take that and run with it I, it's just like one of the guys i, I you know i i love the fan i love i listen to the fan whenever i get get in the car or whatever and i love brandon tierney brandon tierney he's a good guy but like some of the takes, it's like, well, if uh, if Sauce Gardner didn't drop uh, that pick six, that would have been pick six in Dallas, they probably would have won that game, and they would have been like two and one, you know, two and uh, two and zero oh going into that New England game and all that. I'm like, dude, like, in what world? Like, you're you're putting this on like the defense not doing enough, but like Zach Wilson's not keeping the defense on the sideline to catch their breath and not be on the field for 45 minutes in a 60 minute game. Like what, what are you, like, what are you talking about? This kid can't play. He's got happy feet. It was an absolute reach at, at taking this guy coming out of BYU. And that's no shot at BYU. I mean, Jim McMahon came out of BYU and played for the bears and won a Super Bowl. Let's take the shot. Fuck it. Let's take but the like, shot. But like, he's not, he's not, he's not that guy. He's not even like Carson Wentz. He's not even like a Sam Darnold. He's not even just a guy. He can't even, he can't play the game. And this was an absolute travesty by this coaching staff, by this general manager that went all in on Aaron Rodgers. They went all in on Aaron Rodgers. They brought all of his friends. They brought the band back together from Green Bay and made Forum uh, Forum Park, Green Bay North. And within four plays, we've been calling it all season that this is one missed block away from being like the Titanic for the 2023 NFL season. Nathaniel Hackett can't coach. He's just there to be 
Aaron Rodgers ego inflator and they had Aaron Rodgers out there to also be the offensive coordinator on the field and everything went up in smoke. And now everyone's saying, Oh, well they need to open up the playbook more for Zach Wilson. It, he oh, can't even playbook. read a defense and you want to <laughs> open the playbook up so he can succeed. And oh he's my gosh. showing, he's showing signs of improvement in practice. The only reason that game was a one-score game against the Patriots on Sunday was because they purposely made sure he didn't open the playbook up. Mm-hmm. They purposely made sure he couldn't throw those interceptions and ruin the game for them. Jay, let me ask you this question. Let me ask you this question. If if Salah's saying, right, and we're not in practice, right? We're not in practice, so all right, I'll take I'll take what Salah's saying. If Salah is saying that Zach Wilson is showing improvement in practice, and he's practicing against the New York Jets defense that's vaunted last year and was the big crutch of like hey this is a championship caliber team with this defense they just need the quarterback to put him over the hump how is he how is that improvement against this you know iron sharpens iron how is that not translating to dallas to new england to to the bills like how well i think that's why i i have this this take that zach wilson is the worst quarterback i've ever seen play football and I think the guy is not an NFL quarterback. And I think he's being put into a position for people to justify their draft positioning of him, simply put, right? Like, I used to think that Jamarcus Russell was the worst quarterback I ever saw play football. Jamarcus Russell was bad because he didn't put the effort in. I think Zach Wilson is a hard worker. And he and he's the reason why he's sticking around in New York is because they see the work he puts in. But he's just bad. He's simply just bad. He can he can't translate it from from the practice field to the from the uh, practice field to the the actual game field. Now, you know some of these stats that I have here, I want to run through real quick, just because they they show in comparison just how bad he is, especially when you put it up against Jamarcus Russell's career stats. Right, win loss record: Zach Wilson eight of sixteen, Jamarcus Russell seven of eighteen. Completion percentage: Zach Wilson fifty four percent, Jamarcus Russell fifty two percent. Touchdown interception ratio, 16 to 21, and then 16 to 18 for Jamarcus Russell. And then finally, the passer rating is 68.9 for uh, Zach Wilson and 67.8 for Jamarcus Russell. Like, it's 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 sad what's happening because now I, I, I kind of almost feel bad for Zach Wilson because he is being put in a position that he shouldn't be put into. Like, that's like you going to work every single day, Puma. You work in the in the aviation industry and you work as, as, as a dispatcher, as most people know. Like, but they but this is you going to work and your boss says, hey, you go sit in that plane and you try to fly that thing like every single day. Of course, it'd be a train wreck. Like, at some point, the, the leadership team in New York has to be like, yo, listen, this, this is not working anymore. We've got to take him off the field. And that's what I don't understand about Robert Sala. Like now the 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 iron needs to be switched over to Robert Sala because now he's purposely putting a, t- a kid out there on the football field that's actively working against your football team. So I don't know what he's doing. I really don't. You want to hear a Sala story that I heard on yeah. the fan? And it, it. it honestly blew my mind. <clears throat> so those of you that live in the New York tri-state area know that Joe Beningo was a long time radio host of the midday and then had a cup of coffee in the afternoon, uh, the afternoon drive lifelong Jets fan. He has Salah's phone number, right? Mm -hmm. After the Pats game, like immediately after the Pats game, he was texting Robert Salah for over an hour about this game and about Zach Wilson and about how things need to change. And it's like, you have to think about the timeline, Jay, right? Like the game ends, you go to your post-game presser. And then at some point, 
you leave Foxborough and you're talking to a former radio host for an hour? Mm-hmm. Like what like in what world are you doing that? And not even that, Jay. Like you're talking about the quarterback that's under fire, and he's saying to Sala that like if we don't change something with Zach, like you're gonna be out of a job with him. And he kept talking to this guy. Like, what do you do? Like, you're focusing the wrong energy. Like, you have the most insane rabbit ears. Like, it, I, I don't understand. What coach does that is beyond me. And yet he's going to stand up there at the podium with a straight face and, sh- and say that Zach has shown improvement and Zach is the unquestioned lead, you know, quarterback moving forward. And the bar is so low that when one of the, when BT uh, Brand Tierney's uh, co-host asked him what was the the mar- what was the improvement in the game with New England and Tier- and Tierney said oh he didn't throw three picks if that okay, if wow. that is the bar wow. stop wow. just wow. go home you, yeah. just go home yeah I'm a, I'm at a loss for words um I mean there's gonna be a thirty for thirty someday about this. And we're gonna find out that like Zach Wilson had pictures of Robert Sala or something like that. Like, you know what the messed up thing I, is? I can't, I can't, I can't understand why he's being charted back out there on a weekly basis, bro. You know what the messed up thing is? It's like going into the year. Like we we probably all said to ourselves that like if they don't get it done with Aaron Rodgers at the helm, like they're all yeah. gonna be out of a job. Yeah. But like now, now that the Rodgers injury happened and like yeah. you know everyone's seeing again that Zach Wilson can't play. Like they probably just kick the can to like next year, and you're still you're gonna see Salah and Joe Douglas still out there, and that is that is why the Jets are the Jets. Yeah, absolute loser franchise. What what do you think is gonna happen more? The uh, do you think the Jets will score more points in a sixty minutes or and or overtime of a football game, or are we gonna get more? Kelsey and tweet. Uh, uh, I, I don't, want, I don't, want, I don't want to talk about it. Like I'm so annoyed over this whole thing. Like I, I used to be a Taylor Swift fan. I went through my phone and started deleting all of her, all of her songs off my. No, phone. but what's yeah. gonna happen more? More references or more points on the board by the Jets? I don't care because I'm gonna stop watching it. We're gonna, it's we're not, gonna go. I'm gonna go with the references. I, I'm probably gonna stop watching the game if, like, the, the second time, one time they show that's fine. They show a second time, I'm turning the game off. <laughs> I'm turning the game off. <laughs> Dude, I'm oh. telling you, you're gonna get more references of the new power couple than actual points on the board. Stop, dude. Stop. Gross. I'm, I'm just saying. Hey, ESPN went from like Colorado to like T Swift. I mean, well, this they're... is like every producer at ESPN's wet dream right now. It's hilarious. <laughs> well, they're just struggling to stay alive at this moment, so this is grasping for any sort of headlines. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> oh, All right. God. The segment that is sweeping the nation, the segment that will make you money, the segment where after listening to it, you should go take out a second mortgage on your home and put them on the Puma bets. Take it away, good sir. All right, so Puma bets. As of right now, I only have like two, no, three plays for the NFL. I actually have like two plays for college. But like I say all the time, follow me on Twitter. Check out hashtag Puma bets, and you'll see all my plays I put out there. And, uh, and, you know, you'll get it in real time. And this actually worked out for one of our longtime listeners, Freddie Soliotis, Hercules2424, where one of my plays was Notre Dame plus three and a half. And he got the Notre guys? Dame plus three and a half. And what happened, Jay? The game ended on three. So if you got it at three right before kickoff, you had a push. But if you followed me and you got that line early, you got that three and a half, and we went straight to the pay window. So this week, for Puma bets thus far on a Tuesday evening, September 26th, 
we have the Philadelphia Eagles minus eight against the Washington Commanders. They're, the Eagles are at home. And I learned my lesson last night when I I took Tampa Bay plus five. I'm like, listen, like Tampa, Tampa Bay is going to hang. I kind of have faith in, in Baker. He, show, he looks like he's shown some you know mild improvement. Uh, looks like the Rams experience carried over to Tampa Bay. Everything looks great. He's been smart with the football. And after the first drive, that looked great. And after that, it did not. And that went up and smoked real quick. But, you know, we talked about the, the commanders at the top in the, in the Bills preview. Uh, Sam Howell got sacked like nine times. He turned the ball over three times. And, you know, imagine what's going to happen when they run into this Eagles defense that's actually really good at stopping the run. So, like, it's going to be a long day at the office for, for, uh, for Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson if, you know, he's actually going to touch the football at all. And Sam Howell is just going to be under duress, in my opinion. So I'm going to lay the eight with the Philadelphia Eagles at home. Uh, next, the Arizona Cardinals plus 14. I guess don't tell them that they're tanking. I still think they're tanking, but you know, like I had a discussion with your brother, uh, you can still win and in a tank, just don't win more than five games. Take it from one that knows about tanking the Arizona Cardinals. I think they're going on the road to Santa Clara and playing the 49ers. They're getting 14 points to me. Like this defense for the Cardinals is frisky enough to make Life a little bit uncomfortable for Brock Purdy. And, you know, yes, Thursday night football, the, the 49ers probably could have really laid it on the Giants. But there were a couple of times where Brock Purdy looked like he had a little little hiccup every now and then on the on the opening couple of drives. So I think uh, Gannon is going to have this defense, you know, schemed up in a way to make life a bit uncomfortable for Brock Purdy. Uh, and I think, you know, Dobbs has played well enough to keep this game close and you know, you're getting 14 points. There's always a chance for a backdoor cover. So I'm going to take the 14 points with the Arizona Cardinals here. And then the Miami dolphins plus three, uh, I'm not going to rehash it. Just go back like 25 minutes into the game preview for the bills. That's why I'm taking Miami plus three college football wise. I only got two plays right now. It's probably going to change. Like I said, as we go on throughout the week, but college, we got Kansas going on the road to Austin, Texas, playing the Texas Longhorns here. And to me, the, the line is set at, at, uh, at 17, uh, Kansas getting the 17 points. I'm going to take the points with Kansas. This seems a little bit like a trap game. It feels a little bit like Wyoming a couple of weeks ago. You know, Texas, the next week they have the Red River shootout with Oklahoma at the Texas State Fair and the Cotton Bowl. To me, that seems a little bit like a look-ahead spot. Uh, Jalen Daniels uh, for Kansas. He's got an electric arm. He's got enough weapons on that offense to keep it close. Uh, we just need the defense to get a couple of stops here. Uh, so I'm going to take the 17 points with Kansas. And then the other one, uh, I'm taking the Houston Cougars plus 10 against Texas Tech. Texas Tech just lost their starting quarterback to a, a fractured fibula. Uh, he's probably going to be out for the rest of the season. And historically, outside of like, uh, you know, two blowouts over like the last, oh, I don't know, like seven, seven meetings, uh, this game has actually been within one score, so I'm going to take the the ten points with the uh, the Houston Cougars. But nice, nice. Other leans that I have that's mm -hmm. probably going to change as we get closer to kickoff, especially Thursday night football. I kind of like the under in the uh, the Lions Packers game. I'm just waiting to see what the final practice report looks like. What's, uh, that, we should, what's that number? Uh, right now on DraftKings, it's 46. 46. Um, okay. So I think you know if we get more positive pra uh, practice reports from uh, like uh, Aaron Jones or Romeo Dobbs. I think that number is going to go up. Uh, fun yeah. fact, uh, primetime game unders are nine and two 
thus far uh, in the season. That's including Thursday night football, Monday night football, Sunday night football. Unders have been the play in primetime games. So I kind of like the under in that game. I also like Houston plus three. I'm just waiting to see if it's going to go to three and a half. You know, we just talked about Pittsburgh. The the, the Steelers should not be uh, laying points at any point right now. So yeah. if it gets to three and a half, I'm probably going to jump on Houston. Uh, CJ Stroud showed me a lot through three weeks. Yeah. And that's with a bad offensive line. Uh, so I think he can keep it within uh, uh, within a field goal. I, I think that's the one game that we didn't discuss that was kind of a bit of a shock for me over the weekend was that, you know, Houston Texans going into Jacksonville being the Jaguars game. Like, you know, I get it. The Jags probably overlooked the Houston Texans, but CJ Stroud is playing some good football right now. Mm-hmm. Like he is out of the history of the league. You know, Cam Noon was the one that had the most yards through three touch uh, through three games. Close second was Justin Herbert. Now a close third is is a CJ Stroud with 940 yards in three games. I mean, the guy is just slinging the ball all over the all over the spot. Um, he has basically nobody to really throw to besides Tank Dell. Uh, the offensive line is somewhat shaky, and you know, I, I I'm I'm surprised. I really am. You know, being an Ohio State guy, I have my issues with with CJ Stroud, but I, so far I can't knock anything he's done so far in the NFL. Yeah. Well, speaking of Ohio State, you guys had a big win. You guys had Let's a big go. win. Let's go. Let's well, talk about that. Thing. Dude, that was a good game, dude. Like, my heart was pounding so hard. Did you end up watching the rest of that game? Were we at work or what? So, I got home uh, with in time for the fourth quarter. So, I, I was working until so 10. You missed, so, you got the you, you got the burn of everything, basically. Yeah, I got the like, – I, 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 I was streaming on the phone, and then, like, yeah. I had uh, the free trial for SiriusXM. So, like, I was trying to find the college game on the radio. So, I was watching and or listening throughout the, uh, throughout the evening. But, no, like – you know, it was it was a rock fight. Like the the defense, the defenses really did their job. Um, you know, Kyle McCord. It sounded like you know I didn't see the last bit, but like he was. It sounded like you know on the TV he, he was making some big time balls. throws. So he was balls, dude. When he when that when he started going on the last drive and he had uh, second and ten, he converted third and nineteen that he rocketed in there for a conversion. Like I I gained some respect for the kid, and you know I, I told you in the past I don't think Kyle McCord is gonna be a guy that's gonna win a Heisman and throw up insane numbers and take us to the national championship. But my God, it looks like he is a gutsy football player. It looks like he is one of those guys that's going to claw and scratch and keep us in these games no matter what. Now, you know, I wonder how that's going to pan out for, for the rest of the year when we play some of these high-powered offenses like Michigan down the road. But at the moment, man, like we, uh, us in Buckeye Nation, we're just we're just on cloud nine, man. And especially with Ryan Day coming out afterwards and going after that piece of crap, Lou Holtz afterwards, oh, it, was, it was perfect. Ohio against the world, baby. Let's go. Here we go. Love Let's it. Let's go. This is great. <laughs> but that wasn't, that wasn't even the most, you know, that wasn't even the best part of Sunday. The best part was Oregon curb stomping Colorado. That in itself was beautiful. And then on top of that, today, when they dropped that video, bro, when, when Oregon dropped that video, oh, dude, I lost it. I, I was I was laughing my ass off. That was so well done, dude. Yep. Some of the behind-the-scenes stuff about how, you know, Deion Sanders' kid was saying some pretty outlandish stuff. Like, I'll fight your, co- <laughs> I'll fight you and the coaching staff. Yeah, you guys yeah. are so little. Let's yeah. scuff up the O. One of the guy was like, "We're gonna murder some ducks or something like that." Whatever yeah. it was, it was it was some pretty outlandish stuff. And I got a hand of Dan Lenning. Dan Lenning showed me a lot. It's funny because what you're seeing now out of Dan Lenning is, you know, Oregon used to be a finesse team. Part of the reason why Oregon would always you know, make it to the mountaintop, make it to a national championship and lose to Ohio State or make it to a national championship and lose to Alabama, whoever it is, is because they were very soft. They were very easy to 
you know, muddy up against. Like if you were, if you went in there and try to outshoot, you know, Oregon, you're gonna lose. But if you got physical with them, they would falter. But now Dan Lenning is bringing that SEC style of toughness to Oregon, where they are physical, where they are big and brash, where they will bully you. And I'll tell you what, man, watch out for Oregon, man. This is this is starting to get very interesting with Oregon and Washington and even USC down south. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, this week, uh, you know, USC is going to Boulder, so this should right be on. great. I'm, right I'm, on. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure Fox <laughs> is so happy that they have Colorado and Big Noon kickoff again to just absolutely get their skull caved in. Yeah. Um, I think the I think the spread's like 22, 21. The only thing that worries me about USC though, Jay, is like the, like tackling is definitely like an option, and it's like I get it. Like, there's no Travis Hunter. That offensive line for Colorado is probably going to get Shadura killed at one point this season. But like if if the defense for USC can't get any stops, that just leaves the back door wide open for for them to just to, to kick down and, and, and cover cover the spread. But I mean, I, I, I think, you know, Bud Elliott from CBS Sports and 24-7 Sports brought up a good point uh, the other day when he said, you know, tell me if, if he's wrong. Like normally teams would look at like Colorado as like a look ahead game. Like, all right, we have Colorado and then like we're playing Washington state or we're playing UCLA or or Cal or or whoever. Right. Yeah. But now like with all like the hype and the non, like the Dion like bravado and you know, I don't, I don't care about the ego. I think, I think having like a a personality like that is, is good for, college yeah. football in the long run it's good, but, but then it becomes disrespectful after a while but it, well. it does exactly it becomes disrespectful and and all that now teams are going to be going up against colorado bringing their absolute a game when normally they would probably call the dogs off after like 35 nothing yeah did you hear that and this is um i don't know if this is how true it is but apparently there was a concerted effort by coaches within the Pac-12 to give Oregon as much information as possible to make sure they beat Colorado. Do you believe this or no? No, it's nonsense. Listen, <laughs> I love Keyshawn Johnson. Like, I love Keyshawn. Yeah. But that is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard because, yeah. I mean, really, like, you can just watch the last three weeks uh, of of Colorado, and it's like, okay, they scored, what was it, 46 points against TCU. But after mm-hmm. that, Jay, like, they scored 46 points against TCU. They scored like 25 against Nebraska. And then against the Colorado State team that they should have lost to in regulation, they, they eked out 27, 28 points. Like the offensive production was going down. And that was even before the Travis Hunter injury. Everyone knew that this offensive line was going to get, was brutal and was going to get Shadur Sanders killed. Yet they still kept Shadur Sanders out there to inflate his numbers to try to get a Heisman, which, by the way, uh, I think we can stop that. Bo Nicks. Let's go, Bo Nicks. And two, like, even with Travis Hunter on the defense, that defense could not get any stops. So it's not like it was some, like, elaborate you know, Spectre, James Bond effort by coaching staff (laughs) to try to beat Colorado. Like with all like these transfers that they took in, like there's not a whole, like there's, there's not, it's not like they're playing against Alabama here. All right. It's Colorado. They're over the win total over under was like one and a half, two games according to Las Vegas. So like, let's, let's stop this. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just glad. You know, it just it just bugs me because 
you know, I'm a lifelong fan of college football, and I've uh, I've watched this this sport for better part of 20 years, and I just hated the fact that it just became about Dion. There's so much more to college football than just one head coach. Like I'm not saying, I you know, Dion is gonna fail or I don't like him or whatever this and that. It just he took up so much air out of the room, and like us as fans of college football and the sport, we understand it's so much bigger than one player or one coach. It's the universities and the brands they are carry throughout generations, right? Like it just it just started to become very very annoying for for longtime fans of college football to watch him basically take up all all the all the limelight. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I'm excited. Let's go USC. Fight on. Fight on. <laughs> uh, you want to uh, wrap it up or you have anything else you want to get to? Yeah, let's get out of Dodge. So this let's episode do. of the pod and previous episodes of the Pro Football Radio Podcast can be found on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts at. YouTube, be sure to hit that little subscribe button. Uh, you'll be getting that notification when we're about to go live. And when we do go live, uh, you uh, – Google Podcasts, be sure to leave a five-star review. Apple Podcasts, be sure to leave a five-star review as well, too. Social media, Facebook and Instagram, Pro Football Radio Podcast. The Twitter machine, at PFR Podcast. I'm on Twitter at Brando underscore Puma, hashtag Puma Bets. And Jay Chima, the captain of the ship on the ones and the twos, is at Jay Chima. Like, subscribe, download, hit us up in the DMs. The DMs are open. And like I said, for betting content, if you go on Twitter or X or whatever the hell you call it, and you go in the search and you hit uh, hashtag Puma bets in the search, it should emphasis should bring up all of my plays that I've either posted or I have live at that point. All right. Well, we'll see you guys next week. Peace out. Via Condios.